0: Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Outlook by Brooke. Or should I say this week's episode. Um, it has been a hot minute guys, I know. I originally got super busy with the holidays. It's really, um, a busy time I think for everyone. But, um, we had some not so fun news which also kind of, um, gave a nice setback to my personal world. Um, now I know we've talked about like the COVID shots and whatnot, and I already do have one family member that was affected by it having cancer almost directly after having a shot. But, um, this time it was my dad that was negatively affected by it. Now I know some of y'all you are thinking like, oh my gosh, Brooke, you're so, um, open and honest and vocal about how you feel and what you think. Like, how could your dad not um, listen to what you have to say about these types of things? But in all honesty, guys, although he is the person that has made me to be very open-minded, there are certain things that he has, like, his weird little ways about. And his health care is one of them. Now, this experience has opened his eyes. And... um he did actually just finish up six weeks of chemo and now me and him have been talking about detoxing. Now he's very anti-vax and not just COVID vax. I mean, before this, he was pro shingles vaccine, pro flu vaccine, pro COVID vaccine, and his whole world has really flipped upside down. And for some people that, you know, go through this type of stuff they just shut down but he is not a quitter um and it's been a good eye opener for him it's opened up a lot of conversations for me and him and it's kind of also led me to do a little bit of my own research just on that you know I specifically did not vax we don't vax in my household and so this is not something I think I have ever really took a, a dive down in because I've never really needed to And those around me that have gotten the COVID vax have been very vocal about, like, thinking it's what's best for them. So, you know, it's like, how do you sell someone the idea that they need to detox when they don't think they need to, you know? It's kind of a crazy concept. But I'm sure everyone that is listening, that you guys also have those same experiences of um, having someone in your life that is can be that way. But, um... There is a lady that I like to listen to a lot of her um, homeopathic remedies and whatnot. And her name is Barbara O'Neill. If you guys know, then you know. If you don't, search her. Just look at some of her videos. She is phenomenal. But she was saying like specifically for the COVID vaccine, she recommends zinc, dandelion, and white pine needle tea. And... There's also some people that said, like, a nice, hot, hot, hot Epsom salt bath, they noticed like, black stuff coming out of their skin, which very well could have been graphene oxide, I don't know, whatever, you know, uh, use your own interpretation of what you think the black stuff is coming out of their skin, you know, it could even be heavy metals, but I know, um, for me personally, like, at my work, we do um, foot detox, and some of the stuff that is pulled out of the body that way is also really interesting um we also have someone that comes well my boss does um like the lymphatic drainage body sculpting or whatever and recently um someone that came in really honestly smelled like metal like her detox her her whole area smelled like metal After this lady's lymphatic drainage. And so it just kind of got me thinking like how many heavy metals does this lady have in her body? So I guess what I'm getting at is there's so many different ways to detox. I know there's no one right way. And to be honest with you, if you all have gotten it or you know someone who is regretting it. If it were me personally, I would do several types of detoxes. Because I know that different types of detoxes are going to take specific things out of your body. And there are a lot of things in these clot shots that you don't want. Um, but to say that, like, I know the science that would take whatever specifically out of your body, I don't. I think that if you're doing one detox at a time to take out different parts of what has been injected into you, it's probably the safest way to do it. But like, again, not a doctor. That is just personally what I would do. Um... Because there are certain things like the mRNA that, you know, once it's there, it's there. You can't really do anything about it. But um, why leave the other junk in your body if you don't have to? Why take that risk, you know? If you have regret, do what you can about it and leave the rest up to God. Um, So I will be coming to you guys with weekly episodes. Probably, most likely, will be Wednesday of every week. Um, but there's a lot to unpack. So, and, and honestly, there's probably a few things that are going on that you guys may have questions about that I might miss just because there's so much that has happened in the last two months. Um, and if there is, please, please, please feel free to reach out to me on Truth Social or, um, on Instagram because I want to make sure that I, I am answering as many questions as possible or, you know, if it's several of y'all that have the same question, I want to address it uh, very thoroughly. But let's kind of dig into what is going on. So, first and foremost, um, there's been the whole ordeal in Fulton County where they were wanting to sue Trump. Well, what happened was... It came to uh, someone's attention once a whistleblower had spoke up that the Fulton County DA, Fannie Willis, and the Special Prosecutor, Nathan Wade, had some um, ulterior motives, I I think is a good way to put it. So, um, they were obviously called to testify about their relationship, which really... Gave a whole lot of insight, to be honest with you. Um, She low-key admitted to, like, misappropriation of funds, saying that, like, oh, she paid him in cash from, like, you know, whenever she was, you know, doing such and such, like, politically for campaigning, blah, blah, blah. She had extra money, so she just paid him in cash for this, paid him in cash for that. Um, The day that he got the job, he uh filed for divorce from his wife. He's never prosecuted a felony case in his life but now all of a sudden he's like underqualified overpaid and hired you know um it definitely shows that that affair had a lot to do with it but deep state people they just kind of sleep together they run in the same circles this is not surprising to me but it was actually quite hilarious to watch to be honest with you guys if y'all haven't watched her testimony and his testimony, go watch it. It's literally all over on every form of social media. Um, the way that she answers some things, yeah, I just you just got to watch it. But um, So, it's safe to say that this will impact the Fulton County Trump trial. It could be dismiss they could bring a, a entirely new um special prosecutor and district attorney cuz i don't foresee either of those people keeping their jobs but um interesting how everything that happens in the dark comes to light because they were even asking her questions um trying to figure out the whole affair thing of like I don't know. I think they kind of were doing some trickery, but they were like, "Have you ever been with Mr. Wade in, in another continent?" You know, there's seven continents. And she's like, "No, no, wait. Is is Belize on another con- continent cuz maybe, I don't know. I don't I don't know the continents. Maybe I need to look at a map." <laughs> like, that was kind of her answer. And so it was a uh, very self-exposing, but it just The whole thing was very wild to watch. It was like better than Days of Our Lives or The Young and the Restless or, you know, whatever soap opera that y'all's grandparents probably still be watching. Um, It was just great. I loved it. I loved watching it. It was, I'm ready for that to happen on a more grand scale though because I feel like it will. I feel like this is just like so small of a victory in comparison to what we will be seeing. Now, the next thing that I would like to go over is the fact that certain uh, celebrities and CEOs, business owners like Oprah and Bezos have been selling off stock like crazy, Um, especially Oprah. She's selling off her own stock, okay? So, it's like Harpo or whatever her uh, productions company is. Bezos has been selling off his Amazon stock. Like, why would you do that? You know, um there there's a couple reasons why logically someone would do that and some of it is uh knowing of, of an impending crash but i do think a lot of it because it's happened so much over the last few years you see celebrities selling their businesses their homes like their 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 uh, vacation homes their private jets they they're selling off all kind of stuff um you guys need to go and read and it's not super long, but it's more lengthy. Like if I read it to you out right now, it would take probably 30 minutes, but it's very interesting. It's, it's a 30 minute read, but it's, um, executive order 13818. And it basically talks about how, uh, if someone is accused of, uh, certain things such as like, you know, crimes against humanity or, or just different like really serious crimes um they will have no longer the control of any of their possessions that it will be um it will be taken care of like by the state like they will decide what to do with your belongings um and it does say like you have to have been responsible or complicit in like um, serious human rights abuse, um, just, just different things, and, and I think if you guys sat down and you read this executive order, it would make a whole lot of sense when you see specifically who is selling off what, um, but that is a rabbit hole in itself, and speaking of rabbit holes, we're gonna, we're gonna get a little, uh, conspiratorial for a second, the Antarctic Treaty, I believe, was signed in 1959, right? It was 12 countries altogether. Um, That was Argentina, Australia, Belgium, Chile, France, Japan, New Zealand, Norway, South Africa, Soviet Union, UK, and United States. Now, this basically says that You cannot have any radioactive um, material there. It will not be open to the public. There will not be any military bases, etc., etc. There is one um, country in particular that now is saying, like, they have the rights to uh, Antarctica. Or at least, like, a partial, you know, like part of Antarctica would belong to them, and I do think that that is interesting only from the standpoint of, um, you know, once things come in the news very slightly, they begin to build on it until you're desensitized to it, until the D-class comes, right, so I believe that that's kind of the beginning of the D-class on Antarctica, but also um, these countries that it's going against, are 12 countries, 12 countries larger than... Iran, or Iran, however you want to pronounce it. Um, And it's kind of like, I do feel like they may have the upper hand because they didn't agree to not have traveled to Antarctica. And who owns Antarctica? How can they prove, you know, that someone has ownership of Antarctica? And if they can't, if it cannot be proven that anyone, quote-unquote, owns it, then they can legally claim it, right? And if they can prove that someone owns it, well, then that should be public knowledge. So let's go ahead and go forward with that D-Class. And to be honest with you, that is just one of the many things going on in the Middle East right now. But it's one of the things that I found the most interesting because kind of like the word nuclear, you know, you hear it once, it's like, huh. You hear it twice, you're like, wow, kind of been hearing this a lot. You keep hearing it, and all of a sudden, you're desensitized to it. So, right now, when we're talking about, like, nuclear weapons and all that, we are very much less afraid than we used to be. The first few times that we were hearing it, it was almost, like, taboo. It was, like, a bad word. You don't say it. You don't bring it up. But now, people are more like, oh, well, you know, Russia does have nukes, and um, North Korea was supposed to be, like, um denuclearized, and we can't let, um, certain countries have their hands on nuclear weapons, and, and you just hear so much now, but the interesting thing about it is, is that there's so many Q-drops about certain keywords like nuclear, um, that is one of the points of why I really love the Q-drops, is because even though it isn't, um, It's not a plethora of like, here's what's going to happen, one through ten, ten steps. Just watch out for them. They're going to go in order. It's not like that. They actually incite a lot of research. So there have been times where I've input a word, looked at the cue drops and then I've broadened my horizons on how certain things are connected to other things and people are connected to other people. So if you use the cue drops like that, you actually end up learning a whole lot of stuff. And I know that there are... Many different ways that people have used the Q-Drops. And some people are far more smart than me talking about a Q-Clock and blah, blah, blah. I use it um, more as a spider web. How can I connect pieces? Like, how can I string from one place to the middle? What's the connecting point? Um, So I still do think that they're relevant. Although I do think that a lot of the Q-Drops that had a whole lot of impact on us and waking us up. Well, that season is... Um, I'd say about 75% behind us. I'm sure that there are still things to come where we're going to be like, oh my gosh, yes, 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 that makes totally sense. Total perfect sense. Um, just like the, um, the Obama and and the Clinton and the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. Like, at first we were kind of wondering, like, how, why is this in the Q drops? Like, why is this important? Well, Years and years and years later, because that was like, what, 2015, when that was happening, or 2016? Um, We just heard it, we were desensitized to it, and all of a sudden it came out that it actually was a hoax. Like, that Trump actually had no ties to Russia, but actually Hillary did. And those that were conspiring with the whole pin this on Trump thing was the Clintons and the Obamas, Now that's coming to light, which is very, very interesting timing as well because we are seeing this um, very interesting trickle-down of information, right? So we had, like, Epstein lists. We didn't find out all the names, but we did find out some of them. That was a delayed trickle of information. This um, Obama-Clinton-Russia-Russia-Russia hoax, happened then it was a big thing then but now we're having a little trickle of information come again now the thing that i like about these types of events is that there's always like that nugget that we i say like oh i'll keep this little nugget of information in my pocket because i'll probably need it later the this is this is what i'm talking about like those things that happen then and i'm like hmm don't really quite understand it but i'm sure it'll make more sense later than it does and we think about like the Q drop that talks about um, the EBS, it literally says after eleven point three, the arrest of Podesta. Well, what could possibly lead to Podesta's downfall? Right? You know, I actually looked into his his um, past jobs. He's almost entirely been in the White House for about thirty years. Pretty dang close. I mean, he's worked with the Clintons, the Bushes, the Obamas. And specifically for Obama, he was the counselor to the president. Um, I think it was, was it Bush? He was like chief of staff. I don't know. But he's got his hands in all kind of stuff. So literally it just takes one president to go down that, well, not Trump, but any other president to go down, and he could slide right down with him. And that is the beauty of it all, that it is all so interconnected. Now, speaking of Russia, 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 Tucker Carlson did an interview in Russia with Vladimir Putin, which I found very, very interesting. Um, For starters, he was given a folder from Tucker Carlson about, like, I think, like, the truth and the history behind things. And, that is what I'm believing is the nugget in our pocket that we will see it come to fruition later of what actually was in that folder. It was very thick. Um, but I feel like Vladimir Putin really said some things that were eye openers. Even to me, like I learned stuff from this and, and to be honest with you, all I can watch things, um, political events, I can watch interviews and, I can watch a two-hour interview and get one small thing from it, right? But it makes it worth it. That's like the fun thing for me. It's like looking for that one little nugget of truth. For me, that interview, a lot of it I already knew from my research. But the one thing that I did find interesting is that he was saying that Western media really controls Europe's media, and I don't live in Europe. I don't live in a European country, so. I never really thought about how my country could influence how other people feel and think about my country or other countries around the world and other events around the world. Having that type of control over people's minds and thoughts and and what they hear is kind of dangerous, in my opinion. Um, And if you guys... I'm probably giving y'all way too much homework, but if y'all haven't watched the Tucker Carlson Putin interview, please do, because there's so much in that, that I feel like is, would be eye-opening for a lot of people, even those that have been down a lot of rabbit holes. But, um, he did say a lot about, like, how it didn't really matter what, um, what president was even in office right now in the U.S. Like, if there is something that is, happens where he's like, hey, please leave Ukraine alone, and then you keep funding them, that's provoking. It didn't matter who was ordering it. The United States is provoking them, you know? They don't want nuclear war. Like, we're told, like, oh, Putin's just looking for a reason to nuke us, but he literally said, like, he doesn't want it to come to that. He would love to have an agreement. He's been trying to have an agreement between him and Ukraine, but that just hasn't happened. Not from lack of effort. We haven't been told that in our media. But there was so much more to it. Like I said, it's a long interview. It is a, it's a long, like, kids got to be in bed or at school or, you know, like, quiet night at the house alone. Like, it's it's long and it's something that you can't, like, really miss a lot of information. You have to really sit down and listen. But it's worth it. It was a good, good interview. Um, actually, we're super grateful that Tucker Carlson didn't take the job working for President Trump. I don't know if y'all remember that. He was offered a job a while back with President Trump. And uh he was criticized a little bit for not taking it, but I think that him um forging his own path and revealing the truth and doing these risky interviews has for me he's earned my respect in that right, but so um other than all of that that we just covered. Oh, Also, Tucker Carlson did go to the grocery store in Russia, which sounds really kind of funny, but um, there's, like, non-GMO, like, their food's way cleaner than ours, way better than ours, just has a whole lot less junk and preservatives and all, everything. So, um, but he went shopping, he showed, like, what grocery stores are like there, because we're told, oh, it's bare there, they don't have nothing, they, you know, they're sanctioned out the wazoo, blah, blah, blah like there is popping out there they have nice grocery stores it is full um their produce looks good and their prices are great because what would have costed like two to three hundred dollars in the u.s actually just cost them like a hundred dollars in russia which i thought was um really revealing uh, i'm glad that he did that because i feel like that was an eye-opener for a lot of people as well um and it honestly kind of looked fun i'm like ooh. I would like to just, if teleportation was a thing, I would love to teleport there and just kind of go grocery shopping. I would like to look at what's on their shelves, like, like in person, you know? I just think that's kind of cool. Um, random thought, sorry. <laughs> um, the last thing that I want to talk about is um, the whole border situation. Because we have seen there are migrants that are fighting age from Middle East and other countries. They're not... They're not from a Mexican caravan by any means. A lot of them have UN cards. They're being paid um, not only by the UN for whatever their needs are here, but also, like, the U.S. is essentially housing them. Um, And some people have said, like, there are facilities set up and ready to go. They just are waiting for a call to action which is can be scary if you think that, you know, we're going to have war on our soil. Um, but obviously, we are the most heavily armed country, and I am a firm believer in the right to bear arms. So if you guys aren't <laughs> exercising that right, maybe you guys should get on that. But also, so we're, like, hearing a lot about this... Um, National Guard versus, like, the Biden administration and the feds and border patrol. And, and it seems to get really messy in our minds of what's going on. And then you see, like, trucker convoys. I want to remind you guys that this border has been like this for three years. It has not changed. It has not been affected. It has not been completed. It, it's It's been like this. People have been pouring over our borders for years. And all of a sudden, it makes a little bit of media coverage and people are freaking out and people are very pro-Texas and blah, blah, blah. And and yeah, you know, go Governor Abbott. Like, he's he's doing some things. Like, that's great. Uh, But if his intentions were right and pure, why is he waiting until now? To do something about it. Just think about that for a second. Why now? Why is it just getting media coverage now? Now I do believe that it is a problem. And it is a problem that needs solving. And that. You know. One of the few people that can do anything about it. Is Governor Abbott. For Texas specifically. Because I do understand that there are more bordering um, states. But. What I'm getting at is. I do feel like it was a look here, not there kind of situation. And I'm not actually sure of what is going on behind closed doors, but I feel like it was something big for us to pay that much attention to Texas for about two and a half weeks, and then all of a sudden it's radio silent again. Something big is going on. Something big is either being cleaned out, covered up, or... or, you know, is getting prepared to be exposed. I don't really know what the answer is. All I know is that um, if our government was going to do something about the border, they would have done it. Um, They wouldn't have waited three years. And that makes me very suspicious. Guys, I am so happy, so, so happy to be back, uh, missing podcasting, missing having that open dialogue between my listeners and myself. Um, I look forward to continuing this. Like I said, reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram, but it is very good to be back. <laughs>